Welcome into episode 17 of the 126, keeping you up to date on all things athletics in 75126. Today, we have yet another guest that is unlike any other. We have an Olympian today, and that is just one of the interesting things about him. We're going to get to it. Let's go. Welcome in. I'm Addison McElvin. With me, as always, Coach Weaver. Coach O, how are y'all doing? Doing good. How are you, Addison? We are doing great, Addison. And as a matter of fact, uh, I'm like a little kid in Whataburger. I'm so giddy. Yes. Because right here to my left, an old familiar face. Welcome mm-hmm. back, Reed. Yes. The Reed is only. back at the producer's table. That's really good. We Where missed he belongs. you. Yes, we know We know you're, you're just killing it over there um, at what. Uh, all of the Olive Garden. Garden. Uh, the o- o- Coach O calls it the OG. The OG. I, I think uh, I, I, I heard to say on the border. There may be an right. all-time um, uh, tip record that's been set yeah. for, for Olive Garden with uh, Reed. Yeah. I heard he's a very popular. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard uh, people are coming from all over the state. Yeah. Just to I, meet the one and only. Did, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Reed. It's probably because of his work here on the one two six. That's probably true. We're helping out. We've been sending people your way. I don't know if you're listening, <laughs> but we've been sending people your way. Um, before we get into uh, what I'm really uh, an interview that I'm really excited about today, um, we do have a segment, of course, that you're all familiar with, and that is the weave. The weave. So you hinted at this, and we have a guest today that's that's going to be able to speak to us on a number of different fronts, and there are some fronts that we've not been able to uh, approach on the one two six before. Should be pretty exciting. Before we get to that. Here's my weave. We have all four, we hinted at this before, our baseball and our softball teams were in the mix of the playoff hunt. We're winding down. We, I actually, uh, as the chair of 135A, certified the softball district today. Both of our softball teams are playoff teams. Baseball is in their final week of season, of regular season. Uh, we'll certify baseball at the end of the week. Both of our baseball teams have clinched playoff positions. North Forney, Reed will get to this later. He'll talk about mm-hmm. North Forney's first district championship ever. Really exciting for North Forney baseball. But all four of our, our spring ball field teams, both softball, both baseball, are in the state playoffs. And softball is going to begin this week. Baseball will then begin next week with, with their playoff series. Uh, an interesting contrast, right? We, we mm-hmm. know that in the UIL playoffs, we take four teams to the playoffs in every sport now. Uh, most of most of our districts are are eight or nine, sometimes ten team districts. Um, that hasn't always been the case. It's it's the UIL has changed over the years. And our guest today can talk to us about a time when we when we get to this in just a few minutes, when only one mm-hmm. team from every UIL district actually went into the playoffs. And what what that meant was, I mean, you had to be pretty elite to get there. Uh, a lot of really great teams over the years, and a lot of sports have stayed home, and and potentially teams that would have poten- uh, uh, you know been, been some, yeah like, they're all time great athletes that didn't get to play a playoff yeah I mean playoff sports in, there were probably essentially state championship yeah. games that took place in district instead right. of at, right. at in Austin or whatever so we can talk about that later but that's a that's a neat dynamic of how the UIL has changed over the years to have more parity you see that probably in every level of sports. Um, Hey, but we're excited in Forney ISD yes. because all of our softball and, we, we and baseball teams. We had an interesting teams. way of uh, Forney clinched uh, <laughs> last 
No. When was that? Daytona softball or baseball? Baseball. Okay, baseball. North Forney clinched when when North Forney had already clinched because right. they were they were in the lead in district outright. When North Forney beat Highland Park at North Forney, we, we talked about that on our last podcast. That really clinched the district championship for them. Right. So they had already clinched a playoff berth. They had already clinched the district championship. Well, they needed to win this week. Because Forney, uh, you know, had, is in the mix too, fighting for that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. North Forney needed to win this week for For to beat Crandall, mm-hmm. for Forney to make sure that they clinched right. their spot. So Forney, you know, Forney was rooting for North Forney. We, we interesting thing we haven't yeah, seen really. We don't talk about that a lot. Well, I mean, that happens pretty often anyway when, right. we're, when we're not playing each other. Our t- our team, you know, our coaches know one another. Our kids know one another. Um, there's that big rivalry, of course, in town. Um, we talk about in our in our spheres that that's a positive thing. It mm-hmm. builds both. It makes both teams better. But they really do root for each other beyond the head to head, you know. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Forney was rooting for North Forney to win, so that that would open up that playoff berth for right. them, which they, they had earned by beating teams. But they needed to they needed somebody else to win. It was a neat dynamic too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Um, that is it for the weave. So we're going to move on to our subject spotlight today in. Well, today for the subject spotlight, we're talking animals. Animals. But it's going to be a little bit different. Okay. Uh, because I'm testing your animal knowledge. Oh. I'm going to ask you. Bring a, it. Yes. I'm going to ask you an animal related question. Maybe. A couple of questions, and you're going to give your answer, uh, Coach Weaver. You need to go last. Yeah, am I am I uh, rubbing off on you in the office a little bit? Because I'm an animal person, you know that. Well, so real quick, let's just talk about that June bug that was oh. in the office that <laughs> Coach Weaver had sat on the window to. I guess it was going to be our resident pet, and well, we had to make him go throw it outside. You're not a bug person. No. <laughs> No, not at all. No, and especially not in the office. I was rubbing it in a little bit. Yeah. You know, we took care of him. We let him go. And those at home, I, I probably... Those fe- little legs are <laughs> creepy. I, I don't even mind bugs, but I don't like June bugs. Yeah. This may cut you uncomfortable for a little bit, but it was, it, was, it was friendly fun. Well, before you get into that, we do have to introduce our guest who's going to take part. Um, so today with us is Sammy Walker, who has many titles, um, Olympian, barbecue, connoisseur, um, and also a Whataburger team member. I don't know your exact title for Whataburger, but you're involved in a lot of stuff going on in Forney. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Madison. Thank you, Neil Weaver, Coach O. I appreciate you guys very much. First of all, congratulations on the phenomenal getting four teams into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I wish you the best, and we'll, we hope to make it to Austin. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Um, all right, Coach O, okay, let's so, get into it. Uh, first question. Which dog has the best sense of smell? Hmm. Is this for me? Who's this which, for? Is this breed of dog? Which breed? We'll is go that you're guess. asking? We'll go yes, guess. Yeah. which First. breed of okay. dog? Bloodhound. Okay. That, that was going to be my guess, too. Okay. I actually is, that your, is that your guess, yes, Bloodhound? That's, that's our final Reed's answer. final answer? Reed's okay. shaking his Reed. head, too. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Coach Weaver. I mean, I'm not going to differ. I, you know, I mean, I, you know I'm partial to German Shepherds. I mean, uh, you know... I, you see them working as police dogs. Is you your answer it. a German Shepherd? I, I'm going to go with German. I have German Shepherds at home, personally. I love German Shepherds. I'll go with German Shepherds, just to throw a little mix, a yeah. difference into the mix. Reed the answer is, is Bloodhound. <laughs> well, we okay, that was yeah. too easy. All right. I'm going to the next one. We got it right. <laughs> Still love German Shepherds. Okay, Sammy. Question number two. 
How many hearts does an octopus have? Oh, my goodness. I've heard this before. I'm going to guess three. Okay. I'll guess four, just to be different. Reed says three. Well, they've got eight legs, Coach O. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not you know, I mean, Is your answer A? Octo, we right? have one heart per two legs. That's a good point. They have one heart per two legs. So, so would it be four? four? Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Addison with four. <laughs> well, Sammy is two for two. Oh, it's man, three. Man. Right. Thank you, Trivia. So now I, I've got one more. I'm not surprised. Certainly, Sammy's getting he's going right. to have to miss one. Yeah. He's going to have to miss we'll one. What is the only mammal that can fly? The only mammal that can fly. Oh, a bat. Okay. Go on, bat. Yeah, I think he's right on this. Yeah. I, it I mean, is what bat. else could it be? All right. Three well, for three. Three for three. Sammy Walker. I mean. I like the trivia well, version. Well, hold on. Hold yeah. on, because I want to stump him. Okay. My wife will be proud of me. I, I've got one more. I'm, I'm ad-libbing here. Okay. Uh-oh. Are sharks colorblind? <gasps> yes. Yep. All right. Sure. I don't think I you're going to so. stump Sammy so Walker. They are. <laughs> My God, good job, Sammy. Now, I was waiting. Look at I mean, the crowd goes wild today. I was waiting on the on the Jackrabbit or the Falcon question. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe we, can, maybe we should go. Maybe ne- uh, maybe in a future What's episode. What's the fastest creature on the planet? Is that a par- is that a peregrine? Fa- I don't know, peregrine falcon. Is that correct. right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God, that is the correct yeah, answer, go. coach. Two hundred and twelve miles an hour. They've yeah. Look, I pick German shepherds because I love German shepherds. <laughs> 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 I mean, we can't even hear ourselves think the crowd is so enthusiastic today. Mr. Walker, congratulations on getting every trivia. Qu- I think we could keep throwing trivia questions. You'd probably get them right. Mm-hmm. I got to say, you, you know, you didn't. Th- there was no bovine question either. We probably should cover beef today because this is kind of a Whataburger episode. Sure. Um, and Whataburger, I can tell you, we, we got to get into this with Mr. Walker because he works with us all the time. We, we, yes. we're, we're on the phone together with, with uh, Mr. Walker and his wife. Uh, Lisa Calgill sets up a lot of meals through Whataburger. Whataburger feeds our kids a lot. Addison, I'm sure, has had his share they of Whataburger. They feed our, our, our uh-huh. team, the, the Forney Athletic Media team up in the press box. So, And I can tell you right now of, of not saying anything against any of our other sponsors. We, we love, love them. All our sponsors, we love all our sponsors. Our, my students, I do think right now, get most excited whenever we have Whataburger. Look, I got to I got to throw this. close. I understand. And I heard this, and I, I think this is true. I'm not going to put Mr. Walker on the spot, but I think of the, you know, I think there's like 20 Whataburgers or 20-something Whataburgers in, in their Whataburger group, you know, this group that owns all these area Whataburgers, and I think Forney's number one. There um, we go. You I, I know. Right. You're I know. Right. All right. I know our kids and our teams go there all the time. Um, you know, so I know I <laughs> I personally am mm-hmm. a connoisseur pretty regularly. I really didn't even know there was another burger in this. Maybe Dairy Queen. That's the only two I knew of till I was probably yeah. old enough to drive almost. But um, every Texan's got to love the Whataburger. We get into all that, too. But the truth is, they've been a great sponsor for us. They've been a great partner for us. They're a school district sponsor. You see Whataburger on our marquee out in front of the admin. Mm-hmm. You see them at the stadium on our on our uh, um, school board, underneath our school board. Um, they've sponsored every single Unity Bowl we've had in Forney ISD. What a guy has run in the – yeah, there's Sammy's yep. – he's sporting the Unity Bowl T-shirt this oh. morning. Amen. 
You bet. Um, we've had um, what a guy run in the in the uh, mascot race at the end of the third quarter. Um, you know, in the regu- when we're in a non-COVID year, when we can really right. go all out for Unity Bowl like we like to do. Uh, Whataburger sponsored the field goal competition. We had principals kicking field goals. We've given away Whataburger f- for the a Whataburger year. Whataburger trivia challenge yeah, up on the board. Your the the fam did that one. The mm-hmm. Forney Athletic Media crew did that Whataburger trivia challenge. That was one of the the fan favorite things I think that we did on that board. It was yeah. pretty cool. People would go down on the track, answer a question for a, for a Whataburger. Um, gift card and at the end of the year we had some left over so we went to Whataburger Uh Um, but we used to in high school that's where you ended up you spent all night driving around with your friends doing absolutely nothing and you ended up at Whataburger at some point throughout and I have another little just just uh thumbs up to Whataburger um Lynn Young who is a long time Forney person and an awesome guy he said that whenever Whataburger Opened in Forney, he said, "I guess I never have to leave Forney again." Because that was the only reason he ever left Forney was to go to Waterbury. <laughs> I got a sister that lives in Tennessee. Uh, she's been up there for a long time, and that is the first thing she. Do- I mean, the first yep. thing they do when they come here is go to Waterbury, which uh, Waterbury's kind of expanding now. I know it's been across the south, and, and they're expanding into some other states. They're getting a Waterburger in, mm-hmm. in Nashville area, so she's super fired up. Oh. She have to drive down here to go to one, but yeah, a lot of a lot of fun stuff to talk about with Waterburger. But first. I think you've got some questions for Mr. Walker uh, along another front. He's got some pretty yes. neat athletic experiences. Absolutely. Um, before we move on to that, I do have to say on the air to everyone, um, to you, I don't know how much you can influence this, but I want the Monterey Melt back at Whataburger. <laughs> it's my favorite burger of all time, and whenever it's gone, you can ask my wife. I was upset for several days. Like, it. <laughs> it was noticeably different. He's taking there. advantage of the, his I podcast have, time. I wish I could say done deal, but I can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. So anyway, we're going to move on. As I said earlier, um, we're sitting across the table from an Olympian, a member of the 1976 Olympic team that went to Montreal and um, was going to go to nineteen to nineteen eighty Olympics as a thrower, but that was the Olympics that um, the United States boycotted. Correct. correct. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about we we watched a montage on YouTube of you lifting yes, in the nineteen seventies. Okay. So um, right there underneath that it said nineteen seventy six strongest man in America. Right. Um, that is incredible. I mean, we're talking to one of the strongest people that's ever lifted weights for America. Last week, we had a powerlifter on. Tell us a little bit about that experience to represent the United States. Well, it was amazing. When I made the, I was in the Olympic trials when I was 17, uh, in 1968, the 72 Olympic Games, the 76 and 80 Games. So I was in four Olympic trials. I had a wonderful time. Traveled the whole world, competed in both shot put and weightlifting. I was ranked in the top of the 10 in the world. And, both sports, which is quite unique back in those days. So I love my competition. In a minute, I'll tell you about the opening ceremonies with uh, Queen Elizabeth, if you want to hear about it. Oh, wow. Well, I want to hear yeah, about yeah, it right love now. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody is on the same stage when you're in the opening ceremonies. We were in Montreal. We walked in as a team, United States team, in one of the largest contingencies. And I was on the outside lane. And I was about uh, 12 or 15 feet from the stands and Queen Elizabeth was in her little box and giving her queen wave. She was in hot pink and with her white gloves on, she was waving. As I walked by her, Coach O, can you see my face okay? Oh, yeah, I can. She winked at me. What? Yeah. Oh. I promise. I don't know. She might have had something in her eyes, but I, I stick with that story. She winked at me. I winked back at her and smiled. And then I had lunch with her that day. 
What? Well, along with 2,000 other <laughs> She came to the chow hall, and I, I didn't even get that close to her then. Yeah. But that was, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That might be better than a medal. We <laughs> get by the queen. Okay. <laughs> that is incredible. So um, tell us a little bit about, before we move on to kind of some more recent stuff um, with the Olympics, a little bit about those that 1980s um, game, because a lot of people don't, I personally don't know a lot about sure. that. That was 14 years before I was born. So um, what happened there? What was going on? Why didn't you get to go? Well, you'll have to get into politics if you do that, because uh, President Jimmy Carter, and by the way, it took me about 10 years, but I did forgive him for boycotting. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But anyhow, the the Russians were in Afghanistan, and President Carter thinks if we can use some leverage, if he says that we won't come to your Moscow games and in the summer of 80 if y'all don't get out of Af- Afghanistan. And as we know now, in, you don't coerce the Russians to do anything. They're going to do what they want to do. So they, di- they didn't uh, get out of Afghanistan. We boycotted, and all, most of the free nations of the world boycotted that year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they did a tit-for-tat in 84. None, yeah. of the U- European, uh, none of the Eastern European countries uh, came to the 84 games, which was very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That is definitely an interesting um, piece of it is. American yeah. and Sammy, sports history. Yeah, it, it is. It's a very interesting time. And you would have been competing in two, in both sports. Yes. Is that right? In the 80? It, there was an excellent chance for me to compete in both sports. And the last person to do two sports in the same Olympic Games, everybody at this table knew who's there, who it is. His name is Johnny Weissmeller Tarzan. Water polo and swimming in 1932. Go. So I got lots of write-ups about the next Tarzan. We're wow. in history class today. It, it never that, happened. Isn't that something? Uh, yeah, but you know, events around the world, they're out of your control. Right. Control yeah. your destiny That's in athletics, true. but great accomplishments nonetheless. A great time. And we read also that you were part of the Olympic Committee to try to bring the 2024 games to Dallas. Tell us a little bit about that. 2020 games. And oh, it turned into 2024. Uh, I was a, a group of two Olympians and a, and a board of directors, Matt Wood, headed up. We worked on it for seven years. Wow. And we got very close to uh, bringing, uh, being a, a, in the last four cities to be considered to be a host city. And we had a great time working on it. And we, it, we, as we moved forward year in and year out, we became prepared. The Hunt family, uh, Lamar Hunt was my friend of mine, and he, he helped, helped a lot with it. And we came close, and uh, of course we know now this is the first time in Olympic history we've had three Olympic host cities in a row. In other words, we know where Tokyo is going to be. We know where 2024 is the uh, centennial of the Paris Olympic Games from, from uh, 1924. They had them in 24. So we're going to be in Paris in 24 and back to L.A. for the third time in 2028. And Lord willing, I'm going to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. I can't seem to afford to go to these other places. Yeah, yeah right, no doubt. <laughs> I went to Atlanta, and I wanted to go to Beijing. I wanted to go to uh, Anyhow, couldn't afford to go to those places. Mm-hmm. Are there any perks to being a former member of the Olympic team if you go? You know, the only perk that I received in 96 was getting early call on tickets for the deal. But, you know, we, I drove and took my kids. My kids were like 12 and 9 at the time, my boys. We had a great time in, in uh, Atlanta. And... Uh, like I say, I want to go to Los Angeles, and I look forward to that. I'll just be a young 78 at that time. Yeah. That's, I'm 70 now. 
Um, you, we, like I mentioned, we watched that video. Yes. Um, some of that looked like home video of you lifting in a garage. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> we've had we've had three Olympians make the make the team, the Olympic weightlifting team, out of that garage. Really, Tom, Tom Witherspoon. He's a he's a famous engineer from SMU. He's my good longtime friend. He's a he's a weightlifting nut. So we this, this garage is a, was a great place and it's still going on to this day. And uh, we we train young kids. Not so much me anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, I help kids in the shot put a little bit. But my knees just won't let me do any of that stuff. Anymore. Right. Anyhow, I've had so much fun traveling the world, throwing the shot put, lifting weights, and as I tell everybody, the truth. I was the strongest man in the United States during the mid '70s, and now, my wife Lisa, I think, stronger than me now. <laughs> Pretty good sure. answer. That's a smart answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. Smart uh, man. That that Indeed, garage sounds like, like he can do more than just answer trivia questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm still impressed uh, by that. That garage sounds like a good subject for a for a documentary. No doubt. I mean, that's that's an incredible story. So, um, so we've gone over kind of the Olympic history, at least a short version of sure. it. Um, we touched on the highlight, which of course was getting winked at by the Queen, no um, and then. <laughs> <laughs> we, you do have some history. Um, you're not from Forney, but you have some history with Forney athletics. Can you I tell do. us a little about that? I do. Uh, when we when I competed in the late '60s, uh, of course everybody would come to track meets, and one of my good buddies was a man named Don Morrison, who was an outstanding shot putter and discus thrower. Of course, he didn't come close to me in the shot, but he always beat me in discus, which did not make me happy. He was a big <laughs> old boy, about six foot five, and in high school I think he weighed about two two forty five. He went on to be uh, All-American at UT- UTA and was on, played pro football for the Saints, the Colts, and the Lions. And I talked to Coach Weaver. He said he needs to get a hold of him, bring yes. him up here. I don't know where he lives, but uh, great guy, big old strong dude. Most people don't even remember because it's so long ago. Don Morrison, great. Yeah, you, you know we love hearing about um, former athletes from Forney or North Forney, but people from this community who have been great in their sport. And uh, that's really cool to reach way back and, and to somebody that was an absolute standout competing against Mr. Walker at the very highest levels. Um, you went, what, Tell us about your high school. You, you played, didn't you play at Samuel? Yeah, I played football at Samuel. I was all city in, in the, as a defensive tackle. And of course, I, was, I broke the national record 11 consecutive times in high school. Very few people ever do stuff like that. Yeah. And I was world junior champion, and I went on, of course, scholarship to SMU. And I got one quick story that, that might, be, might be fun. Love it. Uh, as a shot putter, I was on full scholarship to, at SMU for, in track. But I played football, and I played under Hayden Fry at SMU. And I, played, I was playing fullback because I was real fast. And I, if you remember a guy named uh, Steve Wooster, he was All-American at Texas. When we got ready to play Texas, I wore his Steve Wooster's uniform against the uh, – First team uh, defense, and I ran up the middle about three or four times, making about five or six yards. And the defensive coordinator, Ray Utley, came up to the – he was all-conference uh, uh, linebacker. And he said – he went over – he got on to him real good. I won't go into all the details. <laughs> you know how it is. And, and, he, and he turned to Fry, Hayden Fry and said, run that play again. Well, he knew where I was going to be, uh-huh. and he hit me perfectly and knocked me into yesterday. Or tomorrow, whichever you want to say. And I, 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 I almost knocked me out. Now, I heard Coach Fry let Walker sit out the next play. And to my father's demise, I t- went into the coach, coach Fry's office the next day. I said, Coach, I said, you know, I really like football, but I love throwing the shot put. And I said, that shot put don't hit back. I, I think I'm going <laughs> to. And 
And when he went into the Hall of Fame uh, a few years back, I, we went over that story, and he just laughed because <laughs> I said, shot put don't hit back. Yeah. I said, I don't, I don't have any problem. I travel all over the world and have fun throwing shot putting. That's what I'm sticking with, Coach. There yeah, you go. don't blame you. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, we had, uh, Addison, you mentioned this, we had uh, Kay Crawford, our powerlifter, who medaled at, at the state level. Uh, I think the, the highlight of that conversation was he squatted, was it 810, 810 pounds, you know? Huge. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, we also have a, a thrower, Coach O. Yes, Rod thr- Brown. Yeah, and I'm, we may, I, I don't want to totally steal Reed's thunder. Reed's looking at me like, uh, I, I'm trying to do around town here, come on. But we also have a thrower. Uh, that's going to Austin to Good. the state that's state great. meet from North Forney. So that mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've got a couple of tie-ins mm-hmm. here with uh, with Mr. Walker. For sure, I'm, I know that lifting and throwing is kind of a, a unique kind of subculture of sports. It's interesting yes. to talk to somebody who has so much experience in it. Um, and and we talked a little bit about um, playoffs and how competitive they were. So you you said that you were on two teams that were eight and two, correct? Samuel High School, sixty six and sixty seven. My senior year football. We, we lost to Garland High School, who had great teams those days, and Brian Adams in our district. We were 8 and 2 both years, and I told Coach Weaver earlier we had nine guys on our team that Division One scholarships, and we didn't even make it out of district. I was not a happy camper, I assure you. Oh, I yeah. Bet. I bet. That's, I mean, it's so different now because there's just so many teams that are, that are playing in the playoffs. I mean, making the playoffs is still an accomplishment, but then it was almost, I mean, if you were in a really good district, that would have been extremely tough. We talked about how, how different it was. Do you know when that started to change? I'd have to look it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I would say maybe uh, late 70s, early, uh, maybe mid, even to the mid eight, early to mid 80s, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's a guess. I mean, Probably. that's when they started to, to gradually grow. You got to think about, we got a lot more schools in the state now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have additional classifications. Right, the classifications have grown from you know three A to four A to five A to six A to five A division one and two, six A division one and two, um, and so there, with with all that growth, with all those additional campuses, um, there has to be a lot more teams in the playoff bracket to to for us to be able to have any kind of parity, right. and um, so it's you know a little bit different scenario now, but I've heard a lot of stories from people that played in the you know fifties, sixties, seventies that. There were some really great teams, as Mr. Walker says, with some really great athletes who didn't get to get in the playoffs because only one, only one made it. And it might have been a, you know, that three overtime win in basketball that basically yeah. was a state championship team that happened in some gym, you know, in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a small town that, and, and you never get into the playoffs to get there. So, neat story. As stories. I told Coach Weaver a while ago, uh, in 65, Samuel High School has set the national high school record in the sprint relay and the mile relay in track and field. And second place in the nation was Thomas Jefferson, and third place in the nation was Hillcrest in the same district. So we got the district track meet, only two make it out of district. And guess what? The third best time in the nation didn't even get a chance to go to the state championship. And that is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good right. thing that it's not. I mean, it's a good thing that it's grown. Um, but, man, what an interesting piece of history that that track meet had the top three times in the, in the nation. Yeah, uh, and it was just meets. the the local district track meet. I mean, this area has been has been an ath- athlete factory for a long time. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Clay Jones track meet. If you look at the meet records for that meet, I mean, it's been a prestigious meet here in Forney for a long time. We've had the fastest kid in the nation in in, in Forney High School at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, we someday maybe we can get DeBrian on here, but um, we've had great throwers. We've had great relay teams. Uh, we've had state championship uh, track and field athletes, throwers, relays, sprinters. Um, 
hurdlers, you know, I mean, uh, so there's there's a long history of that, and particularly in the DFW area. One thing UIL done also to increase parities, we've added a, an area track meet now, so, you know, that more more uh, participants get to come out of district and go to area, to have an opportunity to, to run again, and then get to go to regional, um, uh, you know, so a lot of things have changed to give more students, athletes, the opportunity to, to, to compete in the playoffs and to move on. Um, but this has always been a hotbed of athletic activity this year. Forney, uh, particularly, but um, the, the entire area, as Mr. Walker said, has always been uh, it's pretty fun to, to be a sports fan in this area. Absolutely. For sure. Um, I do have um, one more question for you. It's not one that we prepared for, but I want to ask you because we have we have so many students here that listen to this podcast, student athletes particularly. Um, what's something that after after moving on, competing in the Olympics, all these things, what's something that you wish you would have known back whenever you were a young athlete that you may have learned in your in your later years of competing? To eat more responsible. Really, I ate everything in front of me. Cheetos, Dr. Pepper, everything. And if, I think if my if I had a nutritionist like they do now, I think I probably yeah, might have won the gold medal. I don't know. All I know is all I did was out-train everybody. I was not the most gifted athlete around, but I out-trained everybody. I had my coaches tell me that I was the hardest-working boy in the country, and, and I may have been. I love the weight room. I never got out of it. I, was, I go downtown YMCA at uh, – Five o'clock in the afternoon and not leave until they close at ten o'clock at night. Wow. I love to train and therefore I overtrained. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If you don't have a good coach to to make you train at the right time and I didn't eat right, so those two things, train properly and eat properly, and I would have done a lot better. And now everybody has the advantage. They know what to do now, eating and training properly. That's a great I mean, that's a great little nugget of information because you never know how, how big of an impact eating and stuff has. That's I t- I've talked to a lot of people that have, have gone on to be very successful in sports, and I ask them that question a lot. And it's interesting how often I hear that and how often I hear um, sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. That teenagers love to stay up late and mm-hmm. they love to eat whatever they want. And they're like, those two things can slow you down tremendously if you don't if you don't In, input it. versus output mm-hmm. and you know some things change some things never change this is absolutely yep. a battle our coaches talk about with kids now we, we you know um for hydration to, to what they eat to to um, um sleeping habits all that is uh really really important i'm, I'm really glad so you true. hit on it yes yep sure is i know carrington uh they have to when they're in season they have to send pitchers of what they're eating. Wow. Um, really? Yes, they're counting their calories. Like so, a volleyball player versus a football player versus versus a basketball player. They all have different meal plans that they have to eat on. Wow, that's what I went to and interviewed all the. It was all the training staff at UCLA for their football program. So it was all their strength conditioning guys, and they actually have these wireless things that go underneath your mattress, and hmm. they they keep track of how the players are sleeping. Wow. So like a kid will come in and they're having a bad day, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh, I don't know, Coach. I'm just not feeling it today. And they'll pull up their tablet and be like, "Well, I know what it is. You didn't get get in bed till 3 a.m. last night. What were you doing?" Oh, and boy. it's crazy how much that technology and everything is is adding to that um, because they have. I mean, and they'll do all these different biometric numbers on on their players and stuff. But the sleeping thing is is a big one for sure. 
Eat, eat, sleep, eat, sleep, and uh, and train, and train properly. That's properly. Good, good advice from a former, properly. the strongest man in America. I, I also want to know, I mean, the strongest man in America, at some point, he, he mentioned eating. He, he's, he always ate everything in front of him. But at some point, you got into good food. And well, yeah. so some, when did you start making your transition into uh, barbecue first, right, but into catering? Right. Well, uh, in 1984, we opened our first barbecue place. But I started eating Whataburger in 69. Uh, we... Uh, the franchise had the first barbecue, I mean, uh, Whataburger in 69. I went in there. I remember, never will forget the first day I walked in. I got me a triple, large fry, chocolate malt, and a large drink. And I walked out and thinking, well, this stuff's good. I'm going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Just that simple. And he still is. I've, st- he I've still been eating for, what, 53 years I've been eating Whataburger. You still, you still have the same order every time you go? I, 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 I switch it up. I like the patty milk pretty good. So, yes. so what year was that? Did oh, you start it? Sixty-nine. He started in sixty-nine. Now I'm going to tell you, the Whataburger started in 1950. Correct. All right, we know that. We, we we've uh, talked about we that this morning. Uh, but I'm going to introduce something here. We've done a couple of trivia questions on the podcast. And oh, hold on, Coach. Go ahead. So before you do that, we need to announce the. The winner for last week's trivia. Oh, yeah. We go. don't want to forget last week's winner. Go right. ahead, Coco. Because it was, what was the question, what was the only sport that we offer in the district that is not a UIL sport? And it was powerlifting. Yes. And Coach Taylor Jeffs from North Forney was the winner. Good Taylor job, Coach Jeffs. Jeffs. Listening carefully. to mm-hmm. power. I think you had a couple of wrong answers before that. People guessed a couple other things because yes, they the did. key on this was uh, it has got to be under the umbrella of FISD athletics. But a non-UIL sport. So powerlifting is under the Texas High School Powerlifting Association uh, instead of under the UIL umbrella. Um, in, interesting uh, little piece right there. Under the Whataburger umbrella mm-hmm. is, are a lot of things, and we can get into all these things. You know, the how, how Sammy likes his Whataburger. I like my Whataburger with jalapenos. Um, I don't know if any of you guys put jalapenos on yours. I don't put tomatoes on there. It's a little soggy for me, but I love jal- fresh jalapenos. Um, that's a pretty popular thing, I think. I read that there are about 40,000 40, different ways to get a Whataburger. I think so. I, I, you know, you can. it's a kind of the custom burger place, you know, but um, well, it's really a Texan thing. I know my thing. goal now to try every one of them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. Good luck with that. <laughs> next 20 years, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Did you know there's a secret menu at Whataburger? No. I did, Mr. Walker, I, wondered if you, I didn't wonder if you knew that. I did not. Okay, I read about this on. I mean, you know, we got okay, research. Okay, I have bit. to know this. What? Okay, yeah. well, let's do the question first. Okay. Okay. So it's an easy one, I think. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say if you're a Texan, you should know about the the uh, the beginnings of Whataburger. But I already said it opened in 1950. Mm-hmm. To me, this is easy because I've been to the original location a number cool. of times. But um, where was the first? Whataburger. That's the Whata question of the week. So we are now transitioning from just an, any old random trivia question. Right. To now it's going to be called the Whata question. Again, I said they right. were a longtime supporter of us. They're going to get, they've given us some prizes to give away along with Coach O's fabulous prize package. Uh, and they're also going to give us a free Whataburger. That's pretty cool. So the winner of this Whata question trivia contest mm-hmm. will get a free Whataburger. They'll get a trip to Whataburger and get a free burger out of the deal. Which, you which, you know, that speaks to all of us. Um, really jealous. And you also get some other cool answer. prizes from Forney ISD Athletics and, and the 126 podcast to go with it. So that you got to answer this question. We know it was 1950. We know it was in the state of Texas. True Texan should answer this correctly. Yeah. 
Where was the original Whataburger? Hey, and you don't have to be a true Texan. We just want the answer. <laughs> well, that's true. I know a lot of, lot of non-Texans who love Whataburger. Mm -hmm. But it did originate right here in the Lone Star State. Yes, just email us at 126podcast podcast at forneyisd.net. 126podcast. The word one, the number two, and the word six. One more Whataburger story. Yes, sir. A few years ago when uh, In-N-Out Burger came to Texas, uh, Texas Monthly had a picture on their front page. Some of you may, may remember it. It had a stack of maybe six or seven hamburgers all stacked high as the front page cover story. And of course, Whataburger was number one and In-N-Out was number two, and we're gonna keep it that way. Boy. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> we had a, we well, had that's, a. That's, that's the fact in Forney, Texas, America, I yeah, can tell yes. you that. It's all about competing here. Uh, yes, ma'am. Reed probably remembers this. Last year, we did a very comprehensive ranking of all of the fast food places in Forney. <laughs> it, it was, we should have been doing something else. We took the entire class period and did this, and we had a whole scoring system and everything. And I told everybody beforehand, I'm like, it was burger places. That's what it was, yeah. best fast food burgers. So we had uh, Whataburger on there. We had In-N-Out. We had Five Guys, Dairy Queen, everything you could think of. And I told everybody, I was like, we don't even need to do this. Whataburger is going to win. Yeah. Guaranteed. Amen. And, yeah, Whataburger won by a landslide. So all right. I want to give all the kids one encouragement. Something happened to me in 1964. Watching the Olympic Games on television, uh, I was a ninth-grade shot putter district champion, city champion, stuff like that. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, that's what I want to do. I want to throw a shot put in the Olympic Games. You know what he told me? Boy, you have no idea how hard that is. I told him, well, I don't care. still want to do it. And I did it. There you go. That's what it takes. I mean, that's I've talked to so many people about kind of what's the secret for success, and they're like, there isn't one. It's just get to work. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Love it. Well, that is a perfect place to end our interview with you. Thank you so much for coming on, Mr. Walker. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Coach really Weaver, fun. Coach O. Good stuff. Thank you. And thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, so, without further ado, we are going to move over to your favorite member of the 126 podcast team, and that is Reed Kirkwood for Around Town. So, <laughs> there it is. There we Round go. Of the last one of the episode. I did a lot of those today. I was feeling generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get into it. Uh, we've already talk, kind of talked about the baseball, both high schools clinching for playoffs, and then softball as well. And softball, they play mid Forney softball, sorry, plays Midlothian on the 28th, away for their first by district game. And they play at Duncanville in Midlothian and then back at Duncanville because of all the rain that's coming in. Okay. And both the teams have grass fields. So rain and grass fields don't really mix very well. So they play on turf. So North Morning Softball, uh, they also, they're also in the playoffs, like we talked about earlier. They play Red Oak for the first by district game. They play at Grim Perry and Duncanville. And then we already talked. We kind of talked about the regional track meet. And then Rod Brown, he's going to state for shock put. Nice. Yeah, we had a number of people at regional, and and Rod is advancing to the state track meet, which is a big deal. Um, you know, interesting. Rod's a two we said kind of cool. We said I know Rod played played football for yeah. yeah as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a thrower. Um, um, you know, in um, discus and shot, and so. Um, pretty cool, but we've had we got we've always had a lot of good throwers. It seems like in our district, and Rod carrying on the tradition, headed down to Austin to compete for for the Falcons. Um, 
We had Kate on last week who's mm-hmm. competing in weightlifting. You know, Rod also was a power lifter. So Rod's a three-sport athlete, but um, pretty cool, you know, to, to see that have Mr. Walker on here at the Olympic level. And he knows a lot about Forney sports. Not only has he been right. around Forney for a long time, he's competed against Forney, so kind of neat. Yeah, Reed, what did you think about us having the strongest man in, in America, America in 1976 it's, here? It's crazy. It was crazy. Especially watching that montage. Yeah. That's different from then, what we looked like then to now. Yes. You can, you can still see how big he was, but. Yeah. Yeah. The weightlifting has definitely changed. Yes. Um, for sure. But it was very interesting. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this was episode 17 of the 126. Y'all come back next week, and we look forward to having another awesome guest on the show. You're going to have to wait to find out. Oh, and another is. what a question to give away more prizes. Of course, yes. Make sure you answer the what a question. Get yourself uh, some free Whataburger and some free Forney gear. So we'll see you next week.